This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Welcome to our Squiz Shortcut series on building a business, brought to you by Square. Having a side hustle, being your own boss, starting up the next Aussie unicorn, entrepreneurship is something that many Aussies aspire to. But figuring out where to start can be intimidating, so it can be hard work to find out if it's something for you. So in this four-part series, we're talking to four Aussie businesses about exactly that, what they wished they knew before they started and how they got to where they are today. In this episode, we're talking to Grumpy Donuts about where it all starts, and that is finding your big idea. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Elise Honeybrook from Grumpy Donuts. Elise, welcome to Squiz Shortcuts. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Larissa. Now, if you live in Sydney or if you're a lover of donuts, chances are that you've heard of Grumpy Donuts. But for any listeners who might not be familiar, start us off with what Grumpy Donuts does. So Grumpy Donuts in its current iteration is a small shop in Camperdown in Sydney uh, where we've sold nothing but donuts and coffee for almost six years. And then since opening Grumpy, um, we've opened a diner in Marrickville called Valentina's. Um, And we've also created our hospitality group, Deep Fried Hospo. Now, I have had Grumpy Donuts before. In fact, Grumpy Donuts is less than a five-minute walk from my house. So it was very tempting often to detour there on my way to the shops. But you guys weren't always in the donut or even in the food business at all. Yeah, so I started off um, in the music industry and put a lot of effort into that for the first few years after school. Scott, my partner, was working in film and television, so he's a special effects makeup artist by trade. And then we did a lot of traveling to the US. We ate a lot of donuts. We were pretty much planning our entire holiday itinerary around where the next donut shop was. (laughs) And yeah, we, we got home and we just really missed eating donuts and no one was making them at the time. So we thought we'd uh, give it a red hot go. So essentially you identified a gap in the market, a hole in the donut, if you will. When did you think it was something that you should tackle? Because I imagine it's a bit of a journey from going, I miss great donuts. I wish there were more in Australia to seriously going, hey, maybe I'll start a donut business. Yeah. So like with a lot that we take on, um, it, it started, honestly, it's a joke, which really snowballed, um, <laughs> snowballed wildly out of control. Um, yeah, when we really got into the idea and we started, you know, getting a bit further conceptually into what Grumpy Donuts could be, um, I think that's when it started to take shape a little bit and we started taking it a little bit more seriously. There's always a process that's part of this that's about proving the concept to yourself. Did you know it was going to be a success straight away? I definitely wouldn't say that. I think we were pretty confident that it would be something that people wanted, um, but we didn't really have the confidence in ourselves just yet at that stage. When we when we started getting a bit more serious about the idea, we spent about nine months um, just trialing dough recipes until we got to a point where we felt like the donuts as a whole were something that we were proud to to sell to people and felt was worthy of people's money. Um, then we launched online in May in 2015, and then it was pretty much a whirlwind from there. Once we launched online, we just essentially launched it, uh, an Instagram. Overnight, we got picked up by all these sort of food publications like Broadsheet and the likes. And then once they picked us up, we were sold out overnight overnight. Um, 
six months in advance. So I think at that point we we understood that the concept would probably work and we just had to get ourselves to a level to make sure that we could deliver what people had already paid for. What a phenomenal response to have that kind of reaction to your idea must have just been amazing. For someone who might have an idea or even a couple of ideas for a business that they want to start, how can they tell if it's going to work? What would be your advice there? I would say from our experience, pick one thing and do it really well. Um, you know, just be really, really confident in your concept, understand it inside and out and, and understand that that it's okay to keep things simple, especially at the start. You can always um, expand later on down the track. But if you, you know, you'd rather be incredibly good at one thing than a, than a jack of all trades. So I really think that that really putting your focus onto something specific was super helpful for us. Yeah, pick one thing and do it really, really well. I think that's some great advice. All right, so you've got this idea, you think you can make it work, but there is a common stat that's often repeated and it's that one in three Aussie small businesses fail in their first year. So next, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of turning an idea into a business. Elise, one thing you know all too well is that for a business to work, you need customers. And the key to success is having a really clear understanding of who your customer is and what they want. So as far as customer bases, um, something that's worked really, really well for us is Scott and myself are our customer base. Mm. Um, So that kind of leads to a really strong understanding of what our customers want if we're basing that on going back to what we would want if we were the consumers. Another really important thing is to create your own customer base with a really clear idea and just stick to it rather than trying to target an audience inorganically that you think that you want to buy your product. It's so easy to get distracted by quick sales, but I think it's really, really important to play the long game rather than focusing on your sort of short-term sales. Think about where you want the business to be in a number of years and allow the customers to come to you. Yeah, nice one. And that leads into my next question. Making sure you can reach those customers is also essential. You have the retail store now, but when you launched the business, it was all online. How did you decide that that was the right path for you? Money was the main factor um, in how, yeah. how we sort of started um, and the, the pace at which we progressed. Um, we kind of didn't have any other option. We didn't have capital to start. It was just Scott and myself sort of working part-time jobs. And, you know, we only took leaps when we were ready financially um, to make sure that we could do it right. We only used social media for marketing. That was also out of necessity due to a lack of capital. It really kind of created an organic following of people that were as excited about donuts as we were, um, as opposed to, you know, trying to trying to, you know, pour a lot of money into marketing, which obviously we didn't have, but um, it allowed us to sort of create that organic following. While we're talking about money and funding, there's obviously a lot that goes into getting a business going once you have the idea and you prove the concept. You've got to set yourself up online. There's the costs of running the business from ingredients to delivery. Let's talk now about how you pay for those things. There are multiple ways you can fund a business idea. Some go to the bank and get a loan, but you generally need assets and income to secure against it. Some businesses look for investors, people who put money into the business for an eventual return. But a lot of people, and it sounds like you guys are like this, start a business funding it for yourself. Yeah, so we were completely self-funded. Everything that we made 
from the business went back into the business. Um, so we continued to work our other jobs. Scott was in retail at the time. I was um, cleaning houses so that all the money that we would make could go back into the business. So we just wanted to make sure that we weren't reliant on the business to pay our bills. That was really, really um, paramount to our ability to progress into a store because obviously the setup costs of opening a shop are huge, especially coming from sort of humble beginnings. So, mm. um, you know, we would sell all of our donuts online for delivery. We would start the process at midnight. We'd go into a rental kitchen um, and cook all through the night, just Scott and myself. By 6 a.m., the donuts were all done and then we'd sort of pick and pack for all of the custom orders that we'd taken. Um, we'd deliver to a few cafes, go home, get changed, turn around and go back out and do the deliveries all day. Um, and then after that, Scott and I would go back to work ready for the next midnight start. So <laughs> it was um, it was tough going for a while there. Yeah, it must have been quite the hustle and you need to want success badly to succeed. While starting small can be a necessity, it can also be part of the testing process and making sure that the idea is going to work. Yeah, so it, it definitely gave us time to learn how to run every aspect of the business ourselves, um, which was super valuable long term. Um, it meant that we could make mistakes and learn along the way while we were still small. Mm. We did every job in the business from the start, marketing, accounting, deliveries, sales, customer service, you name it. It was, it was all just myself and Scott. So this has actually been really beneficial down the track today because we sort of have a much better understanding of, of everyone's role within the business. We've now got um, a team of, I think, probably 35 people under us wow. um, in Deep Fried Hospo. So um, I think it makes us better bosses when we understand what our staff are doing day to day and what they're managing and what they're dealing with. And there is so much that goes into running a business from the invoicing, the inventory to online sales. And it sounds like you guys learned it from the ground up as you launched your business. Let's get really practical for a second now. Tell us about how you set it all up. So it kind of got a bit more complex once we moved from being online, sending out a single invoice for a customer to pay and then delivering the donuts. Once we sort of had um, the shop front happening and we needed to choose a point of sale system, um, Square was our immediate choice. So the thing that drew us to that were the fees are all the same for each card that we process. There was no rental for terminals, which was quite daunting. They've got excellent reporting. It integrates with our accounting software. So that was that was the thing that really got us off on the right foot when we started running the shop. Um, it, it made things sort of very user friendly for for novices. Something that's easy to use is always the best way to get started and then keep on going. Well, at least it is clear that Grumpy Donuts has all the key ingredients, pardon the pun, to turning a great idea into a great business. Before we finish up, I'm just going to pick your brain a little more. Elise, at the end of each Shortcuts episode, we always give recommendations for listeners. It's normally something to read or listen or watch. But this time around, I'm going to ask you for your quick fire recommendations on starting a business. What's one piece of advice you would give to someone who's thinking about starting a business? I definitely say prepare for sacrifice in all aspects of your life. It's, mm -hmm. it's not going to be easy. Um, but keep that end goal in mind as well as little goals to celebrate along the way to sort of keep your motivation high. Um, 
if you sort of go in there with the right expectations, I think it's a lot easier to keep your head above water in those really tough times. Yeah, some good advice there. What is the thing that you are most proud of achieving with Grumpy Donuts? It's funny, I I was thinking about this question earlier today and genuinely shed a tear when I was talking to um, my manager and my assistant about it. (laughs) It's hard to put into words how passionately I feel about the workplace that we've created um, and the team that we've built up and the opportunities that we're able to afford people, you know, along their journey in life, whether they're sort of here for the long haul and, and treating being a part of this team as a career or whether it's just a stepping stone on their way to, to the next part of their life journey. What we've created is just so special to me and I'm, I'm really, really proud of being able to, you know, look after our team with, with a real warm approach. Yeah, it's just, it's such a beautiful place to be and I'm just, I'm super lucky to be able to do this every day. Sounds amazing. Incredible what you can build from just one good idea. All right, Elise, thank you so much for joining us. Now, of course, if anyone is listening and thinking, you know what I want right now, a donut, a grumpy donut, where can they find you? So we are located at 72 Piermont Bridge Road in Camperdown in Sydney. Um, You can also visit our website, grumpydonuts.com, where you can order online for delivery. Of course, we will put that link and the details in your episode notes if you fancy finding yourself a donut. Thanks for joining us for our first episode in this Shortcuts series on building a business brought to you by Square. If you're looking to start, run or grow your business, Square have the integrated tools that can help you to succeed no matter what kind of business you run. Just go to squareup.com forward slash au to find out more. In our next episode, we're going to be chatting to Tribe Skincare about how they got from the kitchen table to a fully fledged enterprise. So stay tuned for that one. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of iron ore and copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements at mine sites across Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com slash critical to find out more. Claire, we're working with BHP again on Weekly Wrap this week because they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key for our economy's shift to renewable energy. Yeah, so we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role that mining companies are playing in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as bridges and transportation, hospitals and schools, and a big part of it comes from iron ore. That iron ore mainly hails from Western Australia, and BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Western Australian iron iron ore is clear. Yeah, and by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. That's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes.